0: Is there anything better than that knock at the door or the doorbell chime that tells you that dinner has arrived? Whether you wanted Chinese, someone else wanted pizza, someone else wanted Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app, that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code ADVANTAGE. That's $5 off your first delivery and zero fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code ADVANTAGE. Don't forget, that's code ADVANTAGE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside back for the Thursday edition of Two Man Advantage And this, our guest, our first guest today is is going to resonate across the hockey world I know already fans of the Corpus Christi Ice Rays are already perking up their ears and I know fans of the Alaska Aces, the ECHL, are they like, wait, is Josh Bogorat coming on to Man Advantage? And, of course, the answer is yes. The voice of the Dallas Stars and my good friend, Josh Bogorat, is joining us from his... Are you in the basement? Are, I know you're not in the backyard because I can't hear the Texas tollway, but <laughs> how, how are things? Where, where are you at, Josh?
1: I'm, I'm anywhere where you're not going to hear my uh, kids, my kids Zooming in their school classes right now. Um, I think Quiet, quiet in my house these days is, is not a luxury I get. It's good to talk to you, buddy.
0: Yeah, no, good to hear from you. And listen, I, we're going to get to the Dallas Stars first Stanley Cup final appearance in 20 years. You get to call the game remotely, but you get to call uh, an unbelievable game five against Vegas. It sends them on their way. Uh, But I just, to me, it's just such your story about getting to this point to become the play-by-play voice of the Dallas Stars. And you do both radio and TV. You're simulcasting or don't normally, and then of course now with the national broadcasters, you're still doing the radio call with uh Daryl Ray who the razor was on our show not too too long ago, so it's great we're covering this all off but i i i wasn't i I wasn't making it up Corpus Christi ice race that was your first play by play gig was it not in the old central yeah. hockey League
1: yeah it was um it was fresh out of college i did I did play by play wherever I could in college and then um that was my first minor league pro gig and i knew what i wanted to do uh for a career very early on and then it was just chasing it all over the continent and you mentioned you mentioned a couple of the stops and uh, it's it's pretty wild because i grew up in southern california and i always figured that all right i'll I'll send resumes and demo reels out and i don't know where this job will take me but it's probably going to take me all over but you would have won a lot of money betting against uh, the fact that it would take me to the Gulf of Mexico. I, I never in a million years thought Corpus Christi, Texas, is where I was going to land, but I did, and it, it wound up being this just incredible experience. I was there for seven years. I learned so much doing it. I was so green when I got there, and I think back, um, all of a sudden, that was that was 17 years ago, and it was it was just a really important experience and time for me personally and professionally. And then I got a job in Alaska and I went from Corpus Christi to Anchorage, which is a brisk 4,500 miles. And I thought <laughs> I would never, ever make a trip that long again. And I was in Alaska for three years calling games up there. And um, and lo and behold, I got a job with the, the Dallas Stars as a radio pre-game and postgame host from Anchorage. So I made the return track back from Anchorage to uh, to Texas again. And uh, all of a sudden, I've spent most of my adult life now in Texas. And I didn't ever think that a hockey career would bring me here, but I'm, I'm so happy it did. The organization is great. The people are great. I married a Texan. She's awesome. And, uh, and life is just... Worked out in a way I never could have predicted, but I'm, I'm so thrilled with everything about it.
0: Yeah. So I, I just want to touch on the Corpus Christi. You know, the Central Hockey League, my guess is probably no frills. Do you remember your first game? Do you remember calling the first ice rays game of your career and what that was like? And was there anything memorable about it?
1: vividly like like it was yesterday um and I I know the date I know the score I know the opponent um yeah I remember I remember all of it it was it was again when when you set out for a goal at the time even though it was it was in the Central Hockey League and and it wasn't necessarily anywhere near a national stage for me it was a really big moment to call that first game um so yeah I, I remember it very very well it was in an old like it was just it looked like a high school gymnasium it was a place called the memorial coliseum and it was was this tiny barn where pucks would hit the rafters because if you do a high chip like you just there's no there's no hanging scoreboard like there's 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 just there's nothing that looks like a major league event and so the entire arena is 15 rows and it just circles all the way around and then it horseshoes and there was a place that kind of looked like a high school theater that was there was a literal stage behind one of the goals and they turned that into what they would call VIP suites and um, they built this really gorgeous 8,000 seat building my second year there but for the first year this this was home and so the first game we did you're in. The nosebleed section which is 15 rows off the ice so you're calling the games from this really low vantage point and there's a chain link fence behind you because that's just how they would partition from whatever wiring was there it wasn't a press box it was like they had carved out like six seats and just put a wooden bench there and and that's how you're calling the games and the 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 visiting radio broadcaster is basically it's like being in an elevator and broadcasting on one side of the elevator and the other guy is broadcasting on the other side so you're hearing him in your crowd mike and he's hearing you and um the capacity is about 3,400 people uh, announced and um and it was just it was such a it was such a cool experience because when you when you're in a spot like that it's such a labor of love for everyone for for the players for the coaches for the staff for me as a broadcaster and i did so many other jobs too because minor league minor league staffs that it's like six people for an entire front office so you're doing everything you're like selling tickets during intermissions during commercial breaks it's it's just this this wild scene and um i remember after that first season I called my brother who was back in Los Angeles and I said, you know, I grew up my entire life thinking that the movie Slapshot was a comedy and not realizing it's actually a documentary <laughs> because <laughs> this is like I'm I'm living something that I never in a million years thought I would. And then that turned into just a, a wonderful segment of time where you you adapt and you kind of just... You improv and you tap dance your way through all these scenarios you never thought you, you would have. And that happened in Alaska, too. And it was it was something that was just such a cool, unique experience. I'm so glad I got to do. I made some relationships that I'll keep with me forever and some memories that I, I absolutely will do the same.
0: All right. So you draw a line from... And I was thinking of Slapshot, actually, as you were describing your experience <laughs> in Corpus Christi. So a few days ago, you and Daryl Ray would have been I, I, you, I like you guys are still you're in studio, right? Like you're fi- I've seen pictures on social media. But when you're calling the stars games now, but you you a few days ago, had the opportunity to call Dennis Gurionov's power play overtime game winner that sent the Stars to a Stanley Cup final. I think it's fair to say, you know, fairly unexpected birth in the Stanley Cup final in the most unusual uh, and topsy-turvy of years. And I wonder what that moment was like for you. And I don't know if you reflect on, wow, you know, Corpus Christi to the Stanley Cup final. And even though you're not physically there because of the pandemic, I wonder what that moment was like for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird because there's so many differences about what we're doing right now from a traditional postseason, just just a traditional way of calling games. Even if they weren't the biggest games that some of these players will ever play in, that that I'll ever call, um, it's it's almost like a two part question because one is the magnitude of the game and the event that you're talking about. I mean. Dennis Gurianov scores that goal. It's happened 39 times in the history of the NHL that a team has has made it to the Cup final on an overtime goal, um, and so this this isn't something that happens a lot. I mean, these are these are giant moments, and so I remember being a kid and 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 hearing the famous calls of some of these moments and. You know, I, I remember Stefan Matteau and I yeah. like I, I before the age of the Internet, when I was in California playing street hockey and roller hockey and like, pretending that that you were scoring big goals and then you would call out famous calls like you're calling out that one. And, and that's the goal. It's the goal that that sends the Rangers to the Stanley Cup final. And that's that's what this was for the stars. And it was such an incredible moment and I think when you're when you're playing a game, when you're calling a game, when you're watching a game, having having the instant understanding of of exactly how historical things are, sometimes it's more of an evolving process because you're not thinking about that as you're playing and uh, I would imagine anyway, and, and you're certainly not thinking about it as you're broadcasting, but it, very quickly you understand what's at stake. So there's something just uniquely spectacular and special about getting to broadcast a moment like that and as i mentioned earlier this is something i've wanted to do since i was six years old so so when you when you grow up wanting to do this um like i didn't i didn't grow up wanting to win a Stanley Cup, like, like as a player, of course I wanted to, but I, I realized very, very early on that there was no chance that was going to happen. Um, so then it, with this line of work, like you literally grow up dreaming about being able to call those those moments. And so it's extremely surreal that it happens. And then the second part of your question is it is infinitely more surreal the way in which we're doing it because we've got this, this incredible setup. The people at Fox Sports Southwest have bent over backwards. You mentioned that we do the simulcast earlier. So we've been in the same spot, whether we were doing TV for the round robin and then the first round, or then when we went to radio only after um, NBC takes over exclusive rights, we've been in the same position. And it's it's very comfortable and they've gone to such great lengths to make it that way Um, and they have I just couldn't possibly thank them enough but you're still kind of in this barren room watching this all unfold on a tv screen and it's not all that different we get one camera look just like everybody at home it's not all that different from sitting on your couch tossing it on mute and broadcasting it that way so to call any game like that is is so bizarre and then to have it be this and so to have that moment and realize how big of a moment that is and then there's no crowd reaction and then you're not there and you're watching it on a screen it's um yeah i i don't i don't even know how you could possibly parse just how strange all of it is but at the same time what i said going into this scott was this these games, I'm going to broadcast them as if we were in a building with 20,000 people because these moments are still the same. And and we've seen it throughout this playoff run for Dallas and for other teams as well with the five overtime game and, and series winners in overtime and, and game sevens in the second round. These are still Stanley Cup playoff moments that will live forever. And because of the uniqueness in some way, maybe they'll... They'll live even longer and in in a stronger memory than a, a traditional year. So I never wanted to call, and I don't feel like I have, called the game any differently. Because the moment, ironically, is kind of the only thing that is the same. The magnitude of the event, everything is different in 2020 except for that. You're still playing for a Stanley Cup. All but a a few guys on the Stars had never been there, have never been there at the time that we're recording this. So I just tried to approach that moment like I have every game and and treat it as normal as you possibly can under the circumstances and and capture the gravity of the situation that was
0: unfolding. Ah, That's good stuff. All right, Josh, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back for some final thoughts from you on the stars and what lies ahead in the Stanley cup final, whenever that is going to happen and don't go away. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, this is Craig Custance with the athletic. My family has, I, w- I would say healthy obsession with water and water bottles and We all have our own personal like giant thing of water that we carry around. My daughter has a, you know, one of those daily planners and it has check marks for how much water they're drinking. Because we know when you don't get enough water and you're dehydrated, you feel lethargic, you don't feel good, it makes a big difference in your day. And with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. We're big fans of Liquid IV in our family. When you drink Liquid IV, you have more energetic workouts, you sleep better, but it's better for your immunity, which is super important right now you just have more energy so liquid iv is available nationwide at costco and target or you can get 25 off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code athletic at checkout that's 25 percent off anything you order when you use promo code athletic at liquidiv.com get better hydration today at liquidiv.com promo code athletic
0: All right, Josh, I I should mention this, too. I was going back and I was looking at it. You you know that the uh, Dallas Stars broadcast, so you and Daryl were ranked second in a league-wide poll by The Athletic earlier this year, so I thought I'd throw that in there, just uh, top team, top broadcast team in the Western Conference uh, just behind the Carolina Hurricanes, so that's a feather in your cap, as it should be, my friend. Uh, And before we let you go, let's talk some Dallas Stars then. Uh, An interesting dynamic here now because the Stars played such a frenetic schedule once they started with you know, starting with the round robin and going right through to the end of game five with the Vegas Golden Knights. And now they have the luxury of waiting, healing, resting, Presumably, they're going to practice today. I, that would be my guess. I think they played golf the other day. But um, waiting for the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning to close out the Eastern Conference Final, how important is this period between eliminating Vegas and the start of the Stanley Cup Final, which could be as early as Saturday and, and as late as Monday?
1: I think it's I think it's really important for the reasons that you laid out. From the time that they got to the bubble and they played that one exhibition game that everybody got This will now be the longest layoff that they've had during that entire span. Um, They went from the round robin two days later to opening up against Calgary. And they finished off Calgary in that that unforgettable 7-3 win where they erased a 3-0 deficit, scored 7 unanswered. And they won. And nobody knew at the time that they won that they were gonna start two days later. I don't think they found out until they woke up the next morning. So they didn't really have a chance to hit the reset button and then, okay, here you go, the, the the dynamite Colorado Avalanche are waiting. And then they had a 3-1 series lead there, and that one got pushed to game seven overtime. And you have the high of winning that and getting to your first conference final in 12 years and then you know okay two days later here comes vegas and so it's just been this this roller coaster ride because these series have been ups and downs and and huge moments and overtimes and and incredible swings and you never have a chance to just sort of steady yourself it's just wake up and go and i know there's no travel so logistically it's not the same, but you're you're dealing with back-to-backs within a series and you're dealing with turnaround times and switching from the, the game seven to a game one. And I mean, again, this is part of the uniqueness of this Stanley Cup playoff tournament. Um, but I think that that makes this just, especially given that everybody's about to play in their final, everybody's banged up at this point of a run, they get these few days to just sort of settle. And this will be the longest break that they've had in essentially two months. And it's just been the, the most high octane hockey you could possibly play on repeat every other day or more than that, like four and six. And um, so I think it's, it's really nice to just have this and, and just find your balance a bit before you go into the Stanley Cup final.
0: Ah, good stuff. Well, it gives you a chance to get a bit of a break too, uh, my friend. <laughs> yes. So that's that's nice for you and Razor to 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 take a a night or two off. I'm sure you can can use it. And uh, all right, Josh, this has been outstanding. We could I could go for hours, but. Uh that's not what that's not the reality that we're living in here on the two man advantage. So I want to thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. And when we come back from this break, we're going to hear from a man. I, I, he's probably at loose ends. Didn't get to go to the rink last night unless he snuck in uh, past security in Edmonton. But we're going to hear from Thomas Trance after this break. So don't go away.
2: Hey, this is Craig Custis with The Athletic. Maybe you were blessed with a body that you can just pull clothes off the rack and they fit perfectly. But if you're anything like me, and every shirt I buy, the arms are too long. Every pair of pants I buy, the legs are too long. I don't have the time or the money really to go and get everything I um, everything I buy tailored perfectly. So I end up looking like a frumpy sports writer half the time, which isn't great. And I wish it wasn't the case. But the times when I do take the time to buy the things that fit right, I, you just feel better, right? You're, you're confident. You walk into a room... You don't feel like you're wearing your dad's clothes because the, the sleeves are are down over your hands. It, it just makes you feel better about yourself and you end up doing a better job at whatever it is you're doing. And that's what makes Indochino so great. Indochino suits are great for wedding and for work. And they offer a lot of casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. And Right now, honestly, like that's what I find myself most attracted to. Like, I, I recently made a purchase there. Even if like eighty percent of the press conferences, or whatever I'm doing in Zoom, you still want to look good. You still want to be a professional. You still want things to fit and feel good about yourself. And the way it works is, I booked some time with a virtual style consultation and took it step by step. And I was even able to personalize it, uh, the dress shirt, through my initials on there, from the stitching to the collar to what kind of material you want on the inside flap. There's so many ways to personalize it. So with Indochino, you get custom-fitted suits, coats, and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices. And if you are getting married, Indochino is an absolute no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget the -the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everybody a tailored fit. You order with ease, you get it shipped fast no matter where you live, And with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Visit one of Indochino's showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $399 or more when you enter the code CRAIG, C-R-A-I-G, at checkout. That's Indochino.com. Promo code Craig to get thirty dollars off any purchase of three ninety nine or more. Check it out. I highly encourage you. You'll feel good about yourself. I promise.
0: All right, Thomas Drance, our man in Edmonton. Be honest. We're—I was going to say we're off the record, but we're not really off the record because <laughs> I'm taping this. But I—I want to know what happened. Like at what point yesterday were you like, "Oh my God, I—I I have no game tonight." So uh, what was that like? As We were in between the uh, Game 5 and 6 for the Eastern Conference Final. We'll see Game 6 tonight, Islanders-Tampa. But tell me about last night. What was that? What's that like for you? Is it a bit unsettling or are you okay? Oh, I'm more than okay.
3: (laughs) 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 What time did I process that there was no game tonight? The moment the Dallas Stars eliminated (laughs) the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 5. I I think I texted (laughs) my wife and just said, I've got Wednesday off like I've got I've got Wednesday night <laughs> off. And uh and you know it's the first time that I had any ability to anticipate a night off, right? The only yeah. the only time I haven't spent an evening at the rink really was you know when the when the pause for racial justice right. occurred, right? That one weekend. So this was desperately needed to be totally honest with you. Uh this is this is a really unique tournament to cover uh, in that it's like you know, I, I imagine it's what an Olympics is like, something you'd have experience with, Scotty, except it, it runs, you know, th- three times as long, right? And right. Yeah. it's just, you know, it, it does it does sort of start to eat at you, right? Like, it, it starts to get to you. And, and there's not some of the usual energy things that you get from a normal hockey season. Like, I think about... If you know, I was covering a Dallas, Colorado series, right, and I was able to travel to and from like Pecan Lodge right. in in yeah. Dallas, and then heading up to Colorado, making sure to hit some Verde and uh, and some <laughs> and some you know shannemans and, and some good local whiskeys, and on and on, and then also you know the ability to be in a room, right, to to get that great quote where you walk out and you are like, all right, I am going to go file this tremendous piece. No one else has this. So, you know, it is a different experience. It's been a grind, but it's been a lot of fun. And it's been pretty good hockey for the most part. You know, other than, I'd say, game, game five between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example, I think this conference final has been a pretty tremendous showcase uh, for the sport uh, until, you know, we, we got to that 80-minute game where there were like 45 shots both ways. <laughs> but, but aside from that... You know, this has been really entertaining, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to tonight, especially because I do think we're now at sort of an inflection point in this Islanders-Tampa Bay series, especially if Kucherov is as banged up as he looked. I know he played 36 minutes, but he just didn't look right uh, for large portions of Game 5, and you know, if points out, Stamkos is out, Kucherov's hobbled, I mean boy, doesn't that just play into the hands of a pretty
0: tremendous defensive team like the Islanders? Yeah, well, and I'm glad that you did get a break. And I, I think of you often, Thomas, because your work has been so, you know, exemplary, and I know Arpon Basu has joined you there, and you've it's been nice you to have Dan, him. Dan Robson. Yeah, as well, yeah. and Dan Robson, of course. But, it, 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 I mean, this has really been your show, and it is, I mean, you mentioned the Olympics, and it's, I mean, it, 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 I, I don't think anything, any kind of comparison is going to do justice to what, what you and your colleagues who are physically going to the rink every night uh, are are going through. So I'm glad you got a night off. And I and I it's a perfect segue into Game Six of the Isles Tampa because I've been thinking the same thing and I you know watch pretty closely. And that oh my gosh that was that was as hard <laughs> a, a game to watch as it was, it was a it was a slog. Um, but watching Kucherov and you're right he clearly did not look himself. I know John Cooper yesterday, vague as as his as as the situation dictates in terms of Braden points of potential availability for tonight. Uh, of course, we know Stamkos won't play in this series at all. Although it sounds like you know just from vague reports, what you get from their skates that he he does seem to be inching closer if they do advance. But I think you're right. This is a this is going to be a fascinating moment because to me, if there's a team that can you know take take a few shots of the solar plexus and still keep ticking it's this New York Islander team and um i'm i'm wondering even if Tampa does prevail and they and let's say they win tonight does this does this change the dynamic in your view, having watched Dallas and knowing and we, you know, I don't know if you caught the end of our chat with Josh Bogorod, who is the voice of the Dallas Stars. But this rest, I think, is absolutely critical in maybe evening a table that would have been much more steeply inclined in favor of Tampa if they'd won the other night in game five. Do you, are you buying any of that? Uh, absolutely. I'm buying that. I think.
3: It's amazing. I mean, Look, I, I'm waking up just to do this podcast and not having played any of the games, I feel refreshed just from having a, had a day off, you know? So, I, I mean, the restorative impact of that, I think, can be massive, especially in a tournament where, you know, I do think the mental side plays an even larger role than we're sort of used to, right? Like, we've, we've only seen 11 teams win in games in which only one team can be eliminated, right? There's been 30 now and, and 11 wins, which is well below what you'd expect in, in a standard NHL playoffs. Uh, it's something Dom and I covered, you know, at, at the end of the second round, and then teams reeled off five consecutive wins of that variety, mostly tha- thanks to Thatcher Demko standing on his head. But, you know, I go back to, to Pete DeBoer's comments about how, Thatcher Demko's stellar goaltending shook his team's confidence in their own finishing game, right? A pretty remarkable quote, but I think one that speaks to the value of eliminating your opponent, right? Like eliminating the opponent in front of you and not playing that extra 120 minutes or 60 extra minutes or in the Islanders, uh, sorry, Tampa Bay's case, I've already played 100 extra minutes basically as a result of, you know, um, sort of not finishing off their opponent when they could, they'll get up to 160. Like, there's no way that doesn't matter, especially as players begin to get hurt, especially because of the compression that people are dealing with, especially because of the, you know, uh, sort of pent-in factor within bubble hockey. I mean, there's no question that that plays into Dallas's hands. And I also think that as Tampa Bay played in that game five, right? And it just felt like without Point, without Stamkos, without Kucherov, some of their, not not without Kucherov, but without Kucherov at 100%, that some of their, you know, dangerous finishing game wasn't quite at the level that it usually is, right? And, and if that's the case, Dallas is a nightmare matchup for them, right? Like, if that's the case, you're playing a, a team that I described as not a hockey team at all, but a boa constrictor, in this Dallas Stars team that if they get the lead on you, right, they're just going to slowly suffocate the game. Like they take all oxygen out with that defense core. And boy, do I think that that's, you know, if you told me 2 weeks ago that I'd be feeling this good about the Dallas Stars chances <laughs> ahead of the Stanley Cup final, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you because I would have said no, they're not going to get by Colorado. <laughs> but but that's sort of where where they've positioned themselves and and full credit to them. I'm really I'm really interested to see how tonight plays out between the Islanders and the Lightning because I think this is as high leverage as it gets for a Tampa Bay team that surely doesn't want to play game seven. Uh, you don't want to be in a one-off against a team as good as sh- at shutting things down as the Islanders are anyway, but especially because, you know, looking ahead, I do think this would behoove the, the Tampa Bay Lightning to finish this off uh, if they're going to be fresh at all against a Stars team that you really don't want to give two additional days off here.
0: I know well, you know for sure Rick Bonus and Jim nil and Jamie Ben and everyone else in that Dallas stars organization they've got their islander gear out and <laughs> will be rooting hard for the Isles tonight, no matter doesn't matter how it plays out in game seven, but that's for sure and and it is you know and i i I just think it's going to be you know listen tampa's I've loved Tampa's game I've loved how they've approached. All of this, that emotional series against Columbus, dusting Boston after losing the opener, you know, winning four straight games—all that's happened to them. This speaks to me to be a team that, you know, they they ride out whatever. I know John Cooper sort of bristled, well, you haven't really faced any adversity, and okay, adversity is a relative thing. But this moment, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to tonight because this is a moment, man. If you let this one get away, and you have to play Game Seven. That's that's not great. That's not great for Tampa. So I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right, Thomas. Before we let you go, I, I want to circle back to you on some off ice uh, um, happenings because, as you well know, we're running pell mell into <laughs> the off season and next season. Who knows what that's going to look like? But draft coming up, free agency shortly after that, and be, uh, I think a really interesting, significant deal late. Yesterday afternoon sees Eric Stahl go to Buffalo for Marcus Johansson. Bill Guerin, I swear the guy's not sleeping, GM of the Minnesota <laughs> yeah. Wild. Not sleeping at all. And I'll th- inject a little bit of this of my own into it. But uh back in oh six I spent Eric Stahl's day with the cup in Thunder Bay with him. One of my one of my wow. favorite hockey memories. It was Eric was so nice, and he was so young, and the rest of the stall, everyone was young. I was even young then, and uh, he could not have been a, a better host, and it was such a tremendous day. And he's had such a a, a really terrific career. I know that uh, Mike Russo and I talked uh, during the season, you know, we see a Hall of Famer. I think he is a Hall of Famer at at some point. And I think he's going to be a a really nice fit in Buffalo. But I wonder what you made of that, because it is sort of like, oh, that's a real, that's straight up one for one. That's a hockey trade. Yeah.
3: You know, I also thought it was interesting that it, it came moments before the Edmondson trade right? Because if there's one takeaway from the last week of NHL transactions, it's that the Montreal Canadiens and the Minnesota Wild have now sort of put their hands up and indicated that these are two teams that can carry themselves as if business is normal, right? Like that's like the biggest takeaway that I have. We've now seen two teams that we now know can function the way that we'd expect an NHL team to during the offseason. I I thought there was a fair bit of doubt about who would be on that list. The Wild, the Montreal Canadiens, they've made their sort of presence felt here. And I'm curious to see how these deals age. And I don't mean age in the normal sense of an offseason where it's like, well, we'll see how that plays out during the season. I mean, over the next two weeks, will we look back and say – between Bugstad and you know, the Marcus Johansson deal in which the Minnesota wild have essentially added three ish million in cap space, four ish million, maybe four and a half million in salary commitments have received very few futures as, as a result of like, there's no sweeteners in, in really either deal um, to make those, to, to acquire those assets. Like, Will we look back on that and say, "Boy, that, that they really misanticipated the market for you know how difficult <laughs> it would be for other teams to move money in cash, right?" Because I think the Buffalo Sabers were probably very happy to save that million plus, million million ish in that deal. Uh, I do think Stahl's the better player at this point still than than Marcus Johansson, though I do I am sensitive to the idea that the Minnesota Wild would have just wanted to shake things up for for the sake of it. Like, I, I actually appreciated how open Bill was with the Minnesota media and with Russo in particular about sort of, you know, you can't stand still here. Like, we need to get uh, – we need to shake things up. Like, I, I appreciate that. I actually think that's not a reason often cited for a GM making a deal, but a, but a good one. Like, I think that's a good reason to make a trade. I just – I'm. Sh- I was surprised to see it for sure, and I am curious to see over the next three weeks if if Bill's sort of sense of this market um, is is apt or if he's maybe sort of not gotten enough for the cap space that he's got available and the salary, uh, like the ability to spend salary, the liquidity that he's got available. Um, And I think the same thing with Montreal, right? Montreal's now added, what, seven and a half in cap space between Edmondson and Jake Allen? I mean, that's a depth defender and a goaltender at seven plus million. In a moment where I'm not sure teams are going to have a ton of ability to add those types of players, what does the market look like and how do we regard those two weeks on? I'm, I'm fascinated to see it because I do suspect that those are normal hockey deals like those are normal hockey deals that make some sense from a pure hockey perspective but I'm not sure if those are going to make sense from a market perspective in two and a half weeks I suspect we may look back and say the teams that got out ahead of the market didn't quite have a grasp of how tight it was going to be this offseason on the cap and salary side of the equation
0: yeah, well, and and Thomas, you were absolutely right, and I, I I do like you know Bukes that, and oh, yeah. Marcus Johansson makes the you know makes the wild a little bit younger. They st- there's still a ton of work for Bill Guerin to do there, right? No that's a, that's a team, you know. He, he's still got stuff to do. And I love, you know, Mark Bergman, You know, to me, he's, you can already see, okay, this is a team that is going to get, you know, I think uh, Arpon wrote this today, but they're big on the back end. Uh, it's not necessarily the NHL trend, but because they're young and fast up front, I see my senses, okay, this is about balancing some scales and about, you know, making it easier for this team to get off to a good start whenever they play, and and uh, Joel Edmondson, I, you know, okay, listen, <laughs> that's an interesting, you know, it's interesting that 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 he was such a coveted asset for Mark Bergerman. okay, and and now and you're right, we're going to find out whether that yeah. was that was a good player or not, but it it is interesting, and it's two teams that. Um, know that, that that really you know pittsburgh's in that mix too i think okay let's not you know we're not gonna we're not waiting till see what happens in <laughs> no. edmonton you know like we're okay let's get going because we got a draft in less than three weeks now and free agency two days after that so no I'm, I'm it's exciting yeah. it's exciting and it fills in the days fills in the day when you're waiting for the games to start well, that and night. I you appreciate
3: arpon has been <laughs> the man cheering for more transactions to occur during the <laughs> yeah. playoffs and then it's his team yeah. making all of them so I told him like <laughs> at right. least you're getting what you deserved uh but the <laughs> the Edmondson thing really quickly because I know there's a lot of a- analytics based skepticism about the player and uh, you know for me while Edmondson's value is tends to mostly be on the PK as opposed to five on five that Montreal Canadiens team and the intelligent way that they play their level of discipline I think that's going to suit a player like Edmondson much like it suited a player like Ben Sherratt right um, maybe a little bit better than most of the other landing spots for him and and from what I understand, talking to a variety of other teams, I think any team that was looking to add some defensive solidity, I think a lot of teams had eyes on Edmondson. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not as sort of hostile to that move as, as a lot of my <laughs> analytics-based colleagues. Uh, I think that might well, well work out uh, for Montreal. I'm just surprised to see them have committed so much cap space so early in the offseason for relatively little return at this point. Uh, especially when I, cons- I, when I I just sort of went into this summer and offseason thinking, boy, you're really going to have to pay teams to add salary and cap space. So far, Montreal and Minnesota uh, have not sort of indicated that that's a trend yet. But there's time yet, especially as we work to that, you know, first real week, first full week of October, which I think is going to be hockey news Armageddon, unlike anything we've
0: ever seen. <laughs> Well, here I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping you're right. That's great. <laughs> uh, all right, you you should always be reading Thomas's NHL and Canucks coverage at the Athletic Van, and listen to his terrific podcast. And, and you know what? Your podcast is so well produced. Like I, just, I know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just top of the line. D- 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 the Van it. Cast, yeah, the Van Cast, co-hosted by Jeff Patterson. And you should follow Thomas on Twitter at Thomas Drance. and. We will then bid you adieu, my friend. Enjoy your return to the rink. I'm sure you had some sort of, you know, I'm sure there were, like, shakes last night. So I'm glad you got a day off or a night off at least. And I look forward to your coverage from tonight at the Eastern Conference Final Game 6. Thanks for hanging out, Thomas. Yeah, thanks As for always having me, great, Scotty. Great time. Cheers. Yep, always good stuff. All right. That's it. That's we're uh, at the end. Thursday morning in the books. Uh, can't wait for tonight's game and whatever else unfolds in the hockey world today. Speaking of which, you should uh, you should give our good friend Craig Custance and his full 60 podcast a listen this week. Uh, former colleague of mine, Chris Jones, that. Uh, The National Post and one of the great writers in the business, any business, joins Craig Custance this week on the full 60. And you should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app. And rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. And if you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, subscribe now and save. We have a million subscribers and county. It's amazing. Sign up now, though, to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash two-man advantage, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. It's hardly, it's like giving it away. So you should go and do that. And you should also come back tomorrow morning. For another edition of Two Man Advantage as we unpack whatever happens in the next 24 hours.